Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh my God, oh my God, this feeling's just begun. Hello and welcome to another very special podcast. We've got a, a great guest on the show today, a chart topper, a big hitter. You'll know him for a very specific song. We just know him as Dan. <laughs> How you doing, boys? Hi, Dan. What's happening? Fucking hell, it seems like forever. It's very good to see you, mate. 2021, how's it started? Yeah, it started, started good. Started, uh... Obviously started weird with what's going on in the world, but just trying to stay positive and still get the the routines cracking and, you know, just trying to uh, kind of... It's weird, it's weird because we had a hit last year, so to, to, act, to like, jump on the traction of all that, it just doesn't exist because you can't go out and do sessions, do meetings and all that kind of stuff. Before we jump into that, right, because you'll probably be very surprised to know you're the highest selling artist we've ever had on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But before before that, man, we know you as slang, an artist in his own right. So for those who don't, can you give us a brief insight to who slang was as an artist or is as an artist? Slang is me, Dan, uh, and and my boys, Ryan, Lee and Toby. Um, Yeah, I started in grime music. I started, I was doing music with people like Wiley and... You know all the people from the grime scene and gets and uh, as a producer and as a as a as a grime what would you call it MC rapper slash uh, all rounder uh, and then kind of I was in a in a crew that was actually a gang so it got a bit uh, touchy at times where sort of three of the boys went to jail and I was just like I can't, I can't really do this anymore so I just. I stopped doing grime altogether and started producing. So I got into back into production, left the rapping and grime thing away, and then you were no longer a producer of crime. Grime, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a, a mad time in my life, but it was a part of growing up, so that was cool. And then uh, yeah, then I met this amazing manager called Nick Worthington, who was the guy that signed like the streets. He found the streets. He found Plan B. He found Marine and the Diamonds, 
uh, and then he kind of guided me as a producer. Um, he wanted me to be slang back then, but I just my experience of working in the grime scene it was so unprofessional and to me i didn't see see it like earning any money in that and i was like shit i'm i'm homeless i need to fucking make some money um so i i focused all my attention into production and then left that alone went f full circle and then come back and did slang and took all my skills from my younger life and put them into my adult life to be honest mate that's, that's quite a good a good point there because like outside looking in slang always seemed to us is a very like collaborative project, a, a collaborative artist. You would always, even like yeah. if it was the band, you were always collaborating with other people. It felt like that, and then the kind of yeah. projects you were drawing felt like a very collaborative process. So, what you're kind of mo going to be most known for now is Kaleidoscopes. Does that make that transition a lot easier for you to go in working with with Johnny, as it were? Yeah, because because with the Kaleidoscopes thing, it's it's like. It's it's very different to anything I've done before, and Johnny is like he's one of my best mates. So it's it's all it's all family as well. So it's there's 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 mm -hmm. no kind of like band beef or anything like that. It's just like totally egos to the side, and all of that is washed away. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's easy, and he's a genius. So it's like working with him is is so easy. It's it, a lot of the time it's just batting him down on ideas because they're so good, and he's doing so much. I'm just like, mate, you need to slow down because you're fucking writing 10 songs in one and all of them are amazing. But it's yeah. what fits in the right song. Daz and Jamie often say that about what with me. It's like, it's just <laughs> the many <laughs> ideas. It's just incredible stuff. But Flowing. Tell Johnny I know the feeling. So, I mean, how long <laughs> How long ago did you meet Johnny though? Because it, it goes back years, eh? Yeah. Well, I met Johnny, what's that? 2004 so seven seven eight years ago now so yeah he's from australia yeah so how, how did how did that come about yeah because I, that was when i was working with with uh, the manager nick and i was more focusing on, on production and uh he was he, he was an artist called yeah boy and he he had just been in a really successful band in australia and um yeah he he, he just wanted to do some more work so we just started kaleidoscopes in 2014 and then we actually signed a deal with Universal, Warner before that, but just didn't really work out. So Kaleidoscopes has been there. It's been there for a while. That's not a new project then, you and Johnny? No, it's, it, this is, we, we released our first track in 2015, I think. So we've been grafting a little bit on the, kind of in the background with that project. I remember one time you told me uh, you were trying to get music for adverts and stuff. Yeah, we, we were- Jingles. We were doing that. We were doing that for a while. Me and Ryan were doing that. We were hustling. We were, we were kind of like, at the time, we was both homeless, man. It was, it was so mad. We was, we was living in this crack house, like that we got off my brother. It was like it, the whole set was mad, and we're like, how do we? Because we, we know loads of people in, in industry. We're like, how do we tie in, kind of being pally with like, people who work in companies and PR and all this kind of stuff, and like try and make money out of it out of our relationship in a way that we can yeah. collaborate you know because that's a hard balance man because you're a very likable guy mate you're like and is ryan so like so it's a kind of you don't want to you don't want to overstep yeah overstep the market being like, like as if you're just there to get something from somebody you know yeah it wasn't it, it was more of like a, a natural progression of just like hanging out with people and just seeing them around town and being you work at this label or that 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 production company and we had friends in different circles um so it's more a, a collaboration and it it we were doing it like right you you take 10 percent or 20 percent of the fee you know it wasn't a thing where we were like 
right, blah de blah de blah. It was like we're good yeah, enough. Yeah. We just need an opportunity to, to to to. We did we did two movies and we won awards for the movies and you know it was it was crazy. But that was pre-COVID, so there was people were shooting movies back then and then it kind of COVID kind of slowed it down a lot. At this point, so before last year, how long have you been in the game doing music? So I'm 32 now, so I 16 years, 16, 17 years, yeah. So 16 years later, you have a tune that is currently still selling, but it's, it's at like 1.2 million sales. Yeah, that's just in the UK. I think it's 2.5 million worldwide, which is crazy. So it's overnight success, as you can see. Yeah, literally, <laughs> 16 years of... Also, like you said at the start, it's the best possible thing that could happen and, and you don't know maybe if in a world without covid it doesn't go as big you know who yeah. knows but is it the most frustrating thing when everything seems to be shut down when you really should be riding like the, the main wave of that you know what it's it's just one of those things you can't even be mad at it you can't it's just obviously it's amazing to have such and such a blessing to have such a big song and and, and all those other things but it has been weird because I wanted it. My thing is celebrate it with your mates, you know, like yeah. celebrate your successes with your mates, go and have a good time. We haven't even been able to raise a glass. So it's just like on to the next one with it. We was going to go on to the next one straight away anyway, but it's, it's such a weird feeling to be like, how can I celebrate when there's so much dark stuff going on in the world and there's so many people losing their family members, their jobs, their everything. I'm just like... You know, so it's it's bittersweet and it's just, it is what it is, you know. What's the secret ingredient then, man? After 16 years of writing tunes, what's the secret ingredient to make something fucking pop? You know what? Uh, if someone told you that they knew what they was talking about, they'd be lying. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, know. I swear it's to God. It's fucking mad, isn't it? It, it? it is. You write, like, for me, I just, writing's all I know. It was either that or selling drugs. And for me, I was just like, fuck it. You know, just let's write, let's focus in and write in like a pop song that we think can sit in a dance world. And that's what we did. Like, did you have an idea of what you wanted to make before you made that tune or did that just come? Well, we had that. We actually had that song. We wrote that song for Kaleidoscopes. So Head and Heart was a Kaleidoscopes track. And yeah, Johnny was singing the original and we wrote it with Rob Harvey. Um, and then we went to America, signed a record deal with Atlantic. And then all these amazing things were happening for us. And then the, the Joel situation was uh, kind of bubbling in the background. And um, yeah, we, did, we did actually didn't know that the song, had, like Joel was working on it and he was doing his thing until we was in America. We actually signed our, our deal and then kind of come back to London and, and, and worked out what was going on with the song. And it was just... It, it was crazy how quick it happened. We actually shook on it. The day we wrote that song in Leeds in September 2019, we all shook on it and said, this song is the number one. You know, there's you come out of sessions and you're like, sometimes you're like, this song is a banger, blah, 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 blah. Fucking hell, like, that's, that's mad, man. That was, a, that was a thing that happened. You gave it the shake. We all shook on it and we drove around Leeds for an hour and we listened to the song <laughs> on my life. May I drop there tomorrow? <laughs> That's the fucking secret ingredient then. We have never <laughs> shook hands as a band. That's all we need to do. Mate, you, you've got to put it out there. Well, we shake hands before the gig. Aye, and that's why they're always wildly successful. But I mean, yeah, obviously exactly. we need to take that back to the studio, man. <laughs> Think about it. Right, okay. Oh, uh, mate, you lot are sick live. What you tell you, it's like, like one of the best live shows I've ever seen. It's fucking mental. You know what I find funny about this, Dan? Like, you're a lyricist. I know you as a lyricist. Your pen game is, is very strong. How do you, like you think if I think you like the lyric to like head and heart as well like mm. bum 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 like 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it's fucking mad that that's the one that goes skyrockets yeah. when you've got so many deep layers and songs. That's just the way the world works. <laughs> just the way it works, man. It's like, it's 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 pop music. That's what it is. It's you gotta you gotta separate that from your brain and be like, you know. But the the crazy thing about Head and Heart is if you break down the lyrics, they're actually really poetically nice. If you if you if you sung that on a piano, you just be like, oh, these are actually really nice. The 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 bump 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 thing. Is the thing that makes it popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's that, and then that, yeah. that, and that. To be honest, that's Johnny. Johnny had that bump bump idea, and I was like, "Look, you, we gotta somehow tie this into a word." And I was like, "What goes bump bump bump?" And we was like, "Our heart goes bump bump bump." And then we've tied the kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's fucking shook on it, man. That's poetic right there. But no, but at, where, where else could could go bum bum bum? Mate, Johnny was having his shit, and his shit was probably going bum bum bum. But he come up with that bum bum bum. Whilst we were writing, he went to the toilet, had a pony, come back, and then yeah, it's it's, it's crazy how it, how it happened. But you, it's just one of those things. And we we we've, we've been convinced since then that we've written a load more, which we have, I think. But it doesn't work like that. People only believe your ideas when they're hits, you know? And you don't change as a writer. I've not changed as a writer. Johnny's not changed as a writer. Nothing's changed. Just people believe our ideas now. And that's how it goes. That's a good point, man. Like, in, in no regard to you change as a writer, does it not give you more confidence now as a writer to believe in your own ideas? I mean, I believed in my ideas before, but now I'm. it's more a thing of like, there's a formula to doing things, you know? You can't, trying to be a pioneer and trying to be the guy that did it first in in pop music it just doesn't exist it just doesn't exist yeah and and you yeah. you have you have to let that go if you want to write pop music same with with you guys you know when you're writing songs it's really personal about you and it becomes more easy because it's it's personal you know well with writing pop songs it's just you have to make up this imaginary person in your mind and to ha have a 10-year relationship with them and, and break up with them in the song and like all this other it's just a totally different thing by the way, see, see when there's there's other writers on a track as well that they're, yeah. they're out with, like you and Johnny. How does that work in terms of who has final say then? And, and like if there's so many people's opinions on it. With Head and Heart, it's like that if you look on the credits, it says there's eight writers on there. But if anyone knows music, that's not how it how it how it goes down. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if people get cut into the song, they get cut into the song. M and EK wrote the pre-chorus with his housemate and then uh, Joel uh, did like change stuff with M and E K and stuff like so. Yeah, there's yeah. there's if you worked out the percentages in that, the the percentages, the people that did more would obviously get more, you know. So, um, but there is you know this, if you look at Kanye West songs, there's almost like twenty writers on those songs. Just wonder then who who has like the the say. No, that's finished. It's a gore, you know. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it, it, it's different because songwriting, I've done songwriting sessions for, I'd say, about a good part of 10 years now. Um, and it's hard because sometimes you go into sessions and someone's better at melody, someone's better at words, someone's better at keys, someone's better at guitar. And if you come in there and you be an arsehole and you're like, I want to fucking do this and I want to do that, you're never going to get anything done. And if some, I've been in sessions with people, they've changed an and to an it and they've taken 20%, you know, like that's, it's hard to to swallow that sometimes. Is but that just just because they're in just because they're in the room kind of thing? Just because they're in the room and they're a part of. I, I mean, in America, I've been in sessions when people have taken notes. They're taking notes on paper, like this person wrote that or that person. It's like 
almost way too okay. cynical and clinical. Um, but but yeah, it's it, there's no real rule. Look, I've had A and R's sit in the room before and be like, "Oh, you should change that word," and we're like, "What, bruv?" But then at the end of the day, you're like. Wait, if we don't change this word, is this cunt gonna put the song out? Would you say like a, yeah. a major part of those sessions is like trying to find out where you fit in? Then exactly, exactly. It, it like for you guys, how how does the the dynamic work between you guys? The way it kind of works at the moment is like Daz produces the full tune. Yeah, I write full lyric. Jamie comes up with a melody and we sing. You know, it's it's like it's broken down like that, and then we just give it the the three-way split sort of thing. Have you ever tried to mix it? I know it sounds mad, but like sometimes if Daz is playing the guitar, you, that be should become the melody, then you write the guitar to that. That's what I've started doing, doing stuff backwards, you know? Because mm. Definitely, man. Do you think, do you think, mate, if um, like success is coming at a time for you where you, you, you one, maybe most appreciate it, two, are most ready for it? Like if, if this, you, you got this, Back in early Dan days, early slang days, would it be a yeah. whole different story, you think, in terms of how you would react and deal with it? 100 million percent. Um, I have to be honest, the, 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 when, it, when it happened, when, when the song went uh, number one and everything, and we signed a new publishing deal and, you know, suddenly was financially secure for, for a good part of my life, it really changed how I thought about things. And I almost had to go back into therapy. I did. I went back into therapy because my mind... It was like the dog chasing the car, the car stops, then what does the dog do? Run around the car, you know? It was so weird and, and it, it, deep down I was like, I don't wanna be ungrateful, I don't wanna be, feel that emotion in me, but it, I just I had to because I had been chasing it for so long, chasing a hit for so long, finally got there and I was like, shit, you know, like all this emotion, that all, the, all this stuff that's been building up over the years, being homeless, being selling your clothes, doing this, selling, you know, like, it, it was it was a really strange, strange moment for me. It was, fuck, like, so many people would wish for this moment, and I, I didn't feel like I could enjoy it. It was so weird. You certainly merited it. Yeah, so I mean... Do you not take, do you not make peace with that then? Yeah, definitely, I made peace with that, and um, you put, like you were saying before, you put so much love and time into your, like, personal projects and you write a song that someone else puts out and then you have all this success and you're like, wow, you know, like, it, it's crazy. It's it, it's insane because as artists, you want to do well as artists and to tell your stories. It was just a really weird feeling, but amazing, amazing. Like we were celebrating when it was number one and all those kind of things. And then it was like, then what, you know? Like, what do we, what do, we do now? Mate, it was one of the biggest songs of the full year last year. That's nuts. Yeah, it was the biggest selling song of 2020. That's unfucking real man. Congratulations, by the way. I think we've actually Thank said that much, yet. Thank you very much, Congratulations. <laughs> well Thank done. You. How many weeks is it number one? So I think six or seven weeks, six or seven, something like that. Fucking class. I would have that fucking tattooed, updating that weekly if I had that fucking, <laughs> how do you think of that? Tally marks. Tally marks, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the most fucking mad thing? I don't know if your royals have came through yet. What's the most mad thing you've treated yourself to since you've had success? PS5. That's it. Nice. <laughs> 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 Cyberpunk on the PS5, does it play without a glitch? Oh, oh dude, it was so glitchy. I just, uh, I had to stop after like a week. I was just stuck oh. in my house. Yeah, but that's the only, that's the, literally the only thing I've bought. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to buy anything really. I just want. I, I actually, I'm looking at buying a house. That's what I'm doing. Get a place to 
to reside. Yeah, I've done a place to put your PlayStation. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the yeah. PlayStation unit. Yeah, even that's weird. Even that in my head, I'm like, fuck. Like, I enjoy the the hustle and bustle of being like, fuck. You know, I've got nothing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It just drives me. It drives me. And I don't want to get complacent and it be lazy. But I, I, I don't think you, I will. you've been you've been signed before uh, to a label as slang. Yeah. And then it's not worked out as such. And then, or, or maybe that's the wrong words for it. It's just that's what I know no, you're didn't no longer out. with them, right? Yeah. And then now you're yeah. signed again. What is the pressure of working with a, a record label for you? And how have you managed to survive it? Because a lot of people, acts that we know that are signed to major labels, when they get dropped, they seem to just go away. I mean, it was with Parlophone, um, it was a hard one because my A&R who, who, who signed us was a fucking arsehole. And um, it, it was hard because he he was he was an alcoholic and he was he was you know on drugs all the time and he would come to our gigs and and just say these mad things. So it was such a, a weird feeling of like being released from from the record label, leaving with all our masters, and then like having like a having like a, a sigh of relief because we didn't have to deal with that human anymore. Yeah. But you know, but th- that then did kind of kill the band a bit because we we had a big touring uh, budget and we had a, a studio that we could use and you know it was for that it was a massive hit to, to all of our us boys we were like shit like you know we put a lot of effort into this project and kind of to be let down by by a and r and kind of parlophone folded um and they everyone in parlophone kind of left their job or got sacked yeah, and then yeah. the label was reformed so for us it was like a bit of collateral damage where we were like shit was it that we weren't doing good music or it was just it was just bad timing ultimately and yeah we were still writing music but it was just very different you know the emphasis and the focus just changed completely from from yeah. from one week to the other um but mentally it was was a lot to take because you you put a lot into it obviously and um we stopped working with a manager and that will change so then you're like out on your own and all I had was my lawyer who was amazing so it, it would have been different if I was 21 years old I might have gone off the rails and uh, just done some mad shit um, but I, I was I was I was 20 28 when that when that when that stopped so yeah. I looked at it totally differently in a philosophical way you know how when when you're like writing as a pop writer uh, the things like like streaming and TikTok and shit like, does that ever cross your mind? Like, oh, mate. if there's like a lyric that can pop off on there or like how the chorus should be within the first like 10 seconds and songs are getting like shorter and shorter now. Are these like things yeah. that, you, that, that, are, that are coming into play when you're writing? Dude, I mean, the things I hear from from A&Rs and from, from some publishers sometimes is it's so mad, man. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, TikTok, and it'd be the worst song in the world. And you have to like burn some of your artistry and burn some of your kind of to make to what they want actually what they want head and heart was not written in that in that with that in mind you know that yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. happened and it had a really hooky part and then it kind of evolved into to a shazam song and a tiktok song and a dance yeah. song um but yeah you definitely have to adapt because people are people are doing records with people who are famous on tiktok now uh-huh. just because yeah, they got exactly, a, a big following you know uh-huh. yeah. and you if you're uh, if you're trying to trying to exist in that pop world and e- exist in that game 
it's impossible. Like we after the head and heart song, every session that we went into was someone was like, Should we do a bum 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 song? And we're like, Fuck off, no. I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're like we're like, nah, let's let's, let's do something. <laughs> let's do that something. That could be your, your signature. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're like, nah, let's just do something different. Something, you know, like that is perfect for you as an artist, you know. But yeah, definitely does. It's uh it's a whole different ball game now with that TikTok thing because if you've got a keyword in there or something that mm. a brand can latch onto, you you've made a hundred grand just like that, you know? There's people really? buying houses out of doing backflips on fucking the internet and you know, there's people <laughs> writing songs blood, sweat and tears and they're living in a fucking can, you know? So <laughs> it's 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 crazy. What about um the rest of the year, mate? How does it look for you in terms of collaborations and stuff then? I could actually tell you we have a song coming out in two weeks and you are the first people to hear Shit, it. the world exclusive Whoa. podcast <laughs> first world exclusive pick it up come on <laughs> put the key word in it let's get on tiktok <laughs> yeah no it's with an irish artist called gavin james and um oh gav man we obviously we had a night with gav when we were all playing where did we where, 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 where oh, yeah. we dublin 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 yeah he's a lad yeah dublin you brought gav uh, around to the show and we all get yeah. fucking pissed up in the uh, the mad camper van thing you were touring in oh, oh my I, I woke up that <laughs> night hanging out of the bus I was freezing I had like pneumonia it was so bad um, but yeah that's coming out in, in two weeks uh, is it his chin sort of thing like uh, Gavin James that's the yeah Kaleidoscopes uh, ex Gavin James um, so it's a collaboration uh, it's really cool man it was like we just we sat in the studio for three four days just got pissed every night Wrote, wrote some tunes and yeah now it's now it's coming it happened really quickly we did it in november and it's coming out um yeah in two weeks i've a lot of the people that are doing really well now was when i was when i started in the in a production world they were just coming through and you know it's the same keeping the same ethos of trying to trying to help people out introduce people and and you know help where you can and it, it, it does come 360 man it really does the, the industry is so small and i think um yeah, just always put out the good vibes and energy and it always comes Have back. we got to write a song together? Mate, I've been saying that for so long. You said you did say to me the other week on Instagram that came in. Yeah, I've been saying it to Kerr as well. Does. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, well, man, we... well, as soon as we can, I will come in and stay at Kerr's bit for a couple of nights or something. 100%, <laughs> man. Invite yourself. Fucking come along. I'm only working with Dan if he, get, he brings that bum 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 sauce. <laughs> as soon as we record, we shake on it and say it's a number one. That's, all, that's my only condition. Yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. You guys can stay at my house, it's, it's fine. We'll, we'll just go out and get smashed. <laughs> or we can, we can hire the big camper van thing again, just fucking cruise oh, around the streets. That's the one, that is the one. That's what we're going to do. We're going to hire that camper van, put a studio in it. Just while they do it, Kerr, you look like uh, the woman that goes, leave Britney alone. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? And how fucking dare anyone out there make fun of Britney after all she's been through? Leave Britney alone! Please! <laughs> Leave Britney Spears alone right now! I mean it. Anyone who has a problem with her, you deal with me. Because she's not well right now. <laughs> Leave Britney alone, please. Please. You deal with me. Please. You deal with me. 
first song is called Give Me More for a reason because all you people want is more, 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 more! You deal with me. Please! I love you, Brittany. Just know that, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> yes, sir. But just to round off, are you, are you happy with everything? Are you like, you're in a good place? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Focus on the next thing in life and um, and music and what's like kaleidoscopes is is at a really good point now with 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 what we're doing. But it's hard because Johnny's in Australia, I'm in London, and it's just like we're signed in America, so there's a lot of moving kind of moving cogs. So it's 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 pretty crazy. But yeah, just really trying to crack on in a, in a strange strange time when when so much is happening. Do you see yourself more as a writer or a producer now? Uh, good question. Um, it depends. It's like I said before about the, the the songwriting. When you go in, people have different kind of um, qualities, and there's no point trying to play the piano if someone plays it better, you know, or they have a better idea, yeah. you know. And it's like it's just a, it's just adapting to being a chameleon in in, in rooms when you're not necessarily because I've worked. I've, honestly, I've worked with people who come in the room and they're like. I'm the fucking man. I'm gonna do that, and they actually say that, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going for a shit. I'll, I'll be back in. Tw- I'll be back in 20 minutes, and then let them calm down. But yeah. Elton John, <laughs> Elton John, literally, Elton John comes in, slaps me in the face, tells me to sit down there. Now it's just, I'd say more as a writer, um, in kaleidoscopes and, and production, and then me and Johnny lays a lot of it, and then we we finish it together. Dan, when when have me and you got to Colombia, dude? I, I, I'd go like. Where are you now? In Glasgow? I well, wishy, but um, near it, near it. Mate, <laughs> near Glasgow. I'll organise it. We go to Cartagena and we'll probably never come back, so. Uh, you, you sort out an itinerary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got the full list, mate. I've got contacts, I've got everything. Numbers, I've got fucking, you name it. Class. Deal. That's when I mean. You got to fucking Colombia then, Man, eh? we going to Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake, you're with private parties. Yeah, <laughs> mate. <laughs> we'd, we'd die. We'd die if we went there. That, that would be a, a bad decision. Obviously, with Johnny and stuff, are you, like, close? You're, like, good? It's just making music with your mate sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, interestingly, um, Johnny is a... Yeah, he, he had a really mad upbringing in, in Australia, you know, with his, like, his fat... His, because there's a big like bikey gang culture in in uh, in Australia, and he's like his his family's all mad, and he's had like a really mad upbringing, and he's he's just a great guy, man. He's just got a really good heart, and um, we're just we're the best of friends, you know. He's uh he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Away from music, we have we have a good time, and my family love him, you know, and like his mum and his mum and stepdad and all of his brothers and stuff they love me so we just get on great man i stay with his mum when i go to australia you know it's like it's real nice man they're, they're good people really really amazing people well i, I really miss seeing your uh, your brilliant smile daniel <laughs> uh, i was just thinking about the song uh, when we were on tour and one of the slang songs and it was a uh, i'm the richest man in the world get no money yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And you just always looked like just dead cheery. So when you were singing anyway, but I just that's that's the one song that sticks in my head. Love that song. Class. Writing those songs is all therapeutic. It's it's a blessing to do that, man. It's a blessing to be able to write music and fucking make it so personal. So yeah. Nothing but respect to you, Dan boy. Thank you for talking to us. The biggest you, star boys, we've man. ever had on the podcast. Play him out, Jamie. <laughs> Play him out. 
<laughs> Fuck me, that's sad thing. <laughs> what is what? <laughs> What's that? Is that another song? <laughs> <laughs> Catch Danny boy All the best man Good Thank you so you, much man. mate Appreciate it None but the best I'll see you soon Love you boys Take care man All the best All the best man Cheers Dan Hiring for your small business If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn You're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys In a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals You can't find anywhere else Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job But might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Alright, so Daz has just left as well, that's fine. We just stay on? Aye, just tell him to come back on. Aye. I was going to try and like, come up with a challenge for him there or something like that. And get him like to do some of his magic. I'd play like one of these shite beats. Uh, he's a style of music, yeah. Um, pop man, pop music. Pop. Right, uh, number forty. It's pop. It's no pop, but it's pops. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh huh. I'll put on the Casio chord. Messaging Dan Byer. So I uh, let's let's sing. Let's write a song about Dan. Play it. Play it again. Uh, uh, we can get a better tune. beat than that. I thought it was fucking class. We'll try forty-one. Cool. Oh, it's good. This must be it. This is how Dan's wrote his songs, isn't it? Dun 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 dun, 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 dun dun So free, you and me. 
we sing. Fucking shake on that, that's a hip. Oh, nice, nice, Phil. Nice, Phil. Class. That was delicious to have Dan on. Delicious Dan, we'll call him. What a lovely guy. That is what we call on a podcast a genuine chart topper. The man's been up, he's climbed the mountain. He's been as low as it's possible to get and as high as possible to get. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how you getting on? Tell me all about it. I, I can't be on this too long, Barry. I'll have to cut it short at some point because I am one hungry little Horace and I've got his cooking dinner for me tonight. It's cooking juice. What are you cooking? Corn chilli. So tell me this, when you're making a chilli, do you put kidney beans in it? I was reading a big debate there about if you should or you shouldn't. I don't, I don't think it's chilli. No, no, that is where you're wrong. And if you Google that, you'll see there is a, there's two schools of right. thought. There's a great divide between <laughs> the chilli beans, which it has to be to be chilli. And if you don't put the beans in it, it's, it's still chilli. Some people are saying... I'd probably okay. err on the side of you, it has to have beans. So kidney beans, peppers, mm-hmm. onions, garlic, uh, spices, mm-hmm. uh, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Looks like I'm ticks all round then. Got it all I, chopped up ready. I, 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 usually, I usually make it and put it in wraps, kind of like a burrito. Oh, burrito boy. Instead of rice. I don't really like having rice. Not a rice fan. I'm kind of scared to see that way, see if you see when you eat too much rice and you get all expands in your belly uh, um, you'll explode like the pigeons I'm scared of that happening to me <laughs> they, they feed them uh, Alka-Seltzers or, or rice and they explode apparently tell us about today boys what's been on surely there's a terrific diet by the way I must say your your Jamie's 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 journal went down fantastic on the podcast last week then I was cutting up thinking god this is pure trash <laughs> but but people were loving it <laughs> I got a few a few messages. Tell well. us what's been happening today. Read us a journal. I've not done one the day, but I can give you yesterday's. I've no again. I've no idea what it was. Second day, of the second February. My birthday. <laughs> That's his birthday. <laughs> Elton John's singing about still stoning, and I'm wondering if he had to go to a chiropractor or no. I've got my <laughs> posture support brace on. After yesterday's no quite back breaking, but certainly back hurting graft. It's BBC Two on the transmitter the day, because it's Big Ronnie driving. A welcome change for the nightmare sounds of Capital Radio, as we charge on to Inverness. We're intending on putting on a Brian Cox podcast, once we're able to stop somewhere for breakfast, but it's still too early for anywhere to be open. Brain food. There's the beast for the east rearing its ugly head again as Scotland has a nine-day yellow warning with potential for it to be upgraded to red. Red or yellow, whatever the weather, the fridgemen plough on through. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, is a sentence. It certainly is a sentence. A sentence that means absolutely nothing. It pretty much is a non-statement. You'd be as well to just stay silent. 
Not the Frigineers, however. They feel it necessary to repeat this mantra when and wherever possible. Like the sheep and animal farm who constantly bleat, four legs good, two legs bad. My colleagues are simply accustomed to treating every conceivable scenario with this decree of hot-eared waffle. It does make me laugh, though, every time. Anytime one of my workmates utters this odd collection of words, I feel myself gripped by compulsion to duplicate it, to really enforce and drive home its message. Another thing that gives me a hearty chuckle is Big Sam the Dobo in the back of the van. You know how some people sometimes claim that they're tone deaf? This is your Sam in a tuneless nutshell. He seemingly knows every single word to every song as well. He sort of sing-speaks along to each and every track in this completely monotonic drawl, never decreasing or increasing his pitch. He's oblivious to me and Ronnie in the front, giving each other side glances. Sometimes I'm finding it hard to breathe, trying to hold in my laughter. The highlights of his repertoire from this snowy northern journey so far, besides Elton John's song about his physio, is Sia's Titanium. Brings a tear to the eye so it does. It reminds me of the time at John, our old bass player's brother's funeral. There was a piper playing a lament as his sibling was being lowered into the grave. The most solemn of moments, a final goodbye. The piper's chanter, or reader, whatever it's called, with the very top note of it was somehow askew. Every time the musician went to this note, it screeched ever just so slightly out of pitch. Me and John always found things like that hilarious. Not funerals per se, but music-specific humour. An esoteric branch of finely untuned comedy. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life, catching John's eyes as his brother's body is going down. He knew it and I knew it. We could both hear the skrill screech of this one bum note. His face was going red and I had to look away. It gave us the best laugh afterwards. Today is Groundhog Day. Six more weeks of this winter carry on. It makes me think of an old flame of mine, Naomi. I must have asked her a good few times if she'd seen the Bill Murray classic before she pointed it out. I was oblivious though. Obviously, I couldn't have been very attentive. But then it became just a wee running joke between us, peppered in every few weeks when choosing a film to watch. I'd ask her if she'd seen it, and she'd say she had. We'd both agree that it was a great wee film. Cute stuff. I've done my maths puzzle, by the way. I've worked out that I've been alive for 11,385 days. This is an approximate estimate, and will allow a narrow margin here for discrepancies such as leap years and the millennium bug. If I had done 65 for the last two months or so since my last birthday, for an initial sum of 11,315, which came from multiplying 31 by 365, <laughs> I did another 5 on for bonus days for solar eclipses and cosmic happenings. Next I came to the conclusion of there being 1,440 minutes in each day. That was easy. 24 hours in each day times 60. The next bit was exceedingly difficult and took me a good few fags, a pish and a vanilla latte to work out. 11,315 days multiplied by 3, which is the average minutes of days, wondering which day it is, was straightforward enough. 33,960. So if I take that number and divide it by the number of minutes in a day, it gives me 23.58. 
Assuming that we are forgiven in my formative years, where I didn't know or care what day it is, but allowing me more times as I got older to spend up to ten, maybe staggered minutes each day, pondering which point of the week it is. I've spent 23 and a half whole days of my whole life simply wondering which day it is. <laughs> now, th- now that is mathematics. Fucking delighted with myself. That took a good hour. Or one twenty-fifth of a day. <laughs> About 4.5%. Excellent stuff. Time well spent. I could be wrong, but I could be right. That's the wonderful thing about maths. There's no <laughs> correct answers. <laughs> <laughs> Having humorous thoughts there, astonishing a bit like Elton John. Thinking about what day it is for 23 and a half days. Or 13 sixteenths of a February. Consecutively. <laughs> This is the stuff that gets you put in a mental home. The real Groundhog Day. As we chunder through the Cairngorm National Park, it's starting to get light. The mountains are white with beautiful fresh snow, and the van smells like Big Sam's turkey pieces. I opt for a banana and a yoghurt, chuffed in my diet the last wee while, going to get some reading done. And then, later on at night, eh... Uh, Jamie, the that, good that- news. That is honestly fucking phenomenal, man. I am, I'm, Unreal, I'm man. so gripped listening to you. You're so, so <laughs> good at that. You're so good at it. I've not, I've not read any of this back or whatever. So I've got this wee bit, this last paragraph, on the way home, um, for last night. The good news was that we managed to finish the job, but the unfortunate news was that the van was goosed and having to sort it meant we had to complete the day's tasks in very near darkness. It's hard to describe how dangerous it was. We've got to move these 12-foot fridges through a shop into a loading bay and onto a big lorry. Because the shop has been ripped out, there's no lecky. The fridges are on these sort of skateboard-type things, except the wheels can move in any direction like a shopping trolley. They weigh a fucking ton, quite literally. When we get them on the wagon, big pinch bars get used to pry them for the skateboards and placed onto the deck. One rang move could easily be death, especially in the darkness. Got a cracker of a bruise in my right horn for a shelf phone. I thought it was broke for a bit. The RAC guy came with a temporary rental van about half six, and we got home there about half ten. I'm discombobulated from the past few days. Aberdeen seems like weeks ago, even though it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Going to bed with my book is a desideratum after I make something vaguely healthy and hopefully get out a big run tomorrow. I was able to resist them stopping at a McDee's drive through and ordering all sorts of appealing capitalist fast food products. Big Sam got a big tasty and 20 nuggets and Big Ronnie got cheeseburgers and goujons. It smelt amazing, but I sat and ate my misery banana and felt superior yet simultaneously inferior. <laughs> <laughs> Are you enjoying writing it? Aye, I love it, man. Uh, the day, I, d- I don't know what, how I'll write it yet, but basically the day there was a, a guy that was talking to me and I was working next to him and he was asking you on WhatsApp and all that. Uh, he's asking what? Are you on WhatsApp? Uh, WhatsApp's like, aye, and then like, he's got my number and he sent me, uh, <laughs> he sent me, like, he said, sending me porno. <laughs> um... Who is this? Who is this guy? Someone you're working with? Just the guy I was working with. Uh, <laughs> he just like sent me like 
don't know how you describe it, a, a cachet. Uh, it's like Alf porn. WhatsApp's like forty pictures or something, forty pictures and videos. Eh? That's fucking mental. Who, who, <laughs> who the fuck has that on the phone? Like, why, why do you need I, to I, retain that have, shit? I, it's slightly suspicious. Then he's, he's going like, look at that. Right, but I don't know if I was meant to be like, oh cool. <laughs> anyway, this one. <laughs> Madness. Right, uh, let's round up this week, so I need to get the fuck. My kidney beans ain't going to cook themselves. Um, tell you what, lovely cast this week. I enjoyed it thoroughly. My man Dan and... Uh, Good to speak to Dan. Uh, Arthur Wells over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, join us on the Patreon. As always, the address is... Hit him up, Dazzle. Jamie, get the keyboard back out and Daz will tell you the Patreon address and what we've got merch wise and I'll, I'll, I'll play us out and then to play us out we could all sing Dan's favourite song so you can you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash the LaFontaines and grab yourself some merch at fontsmerch.com absolutely Dad and also <laughs> you can sign up for as little as one pound a week a month sorry Help us for these struggling times, but also feel good about yourself in the meantime. So as we say in the LaFontaine's podcast, we say peace, we say love, and we say unity. Remember the song, Kit? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.